This is the Kawabui Show. Kawabui is an author, international speaker, and entrepreneur. He started his first business selling music CDs in high school at the age of 16. He then went on and built several businesses. He is the founder of River Design, a marketing company that helps businesses get more exposure online and offline. He has appeared on TV, radio, newspaper, and magazines from around the world. He has written and published several books and created various products. Kawabui is also an international speaker, corporate trainer, and speaks on topics of business, entrepreneurship, motivation, health, marketing, online business. You could check out his blog site at www.kowa-bui.com. And now, your host, Mr. Kowa Bui. Mr. Kowa Bui. It's Kowa here, and in this podcast, I'd like to introduce you to a man named Benjamin Harvey. Uh, he is the founder of Authentic Education, one of the best personal development education companies in Australia. He, he went into a lot of debt. He actually went into about $130,000 in debt. You know, he was depressed and everything, but he managed to tra- change his whole life around. And he said that personal development really changed his life. And today he's, um, you know, he's well known uh, throughout Australia and he's also impacting uh, thousands of lives all around the world. So I really think you really like this this particular podcast because it's all about um, you know transforming your life and transforming yourself to be, become a better person. So um, so without further ado, here's uh, Benjamin Harvey. Thanks. Looking good. Oh, he's right up on the mic. He's right up on the mic. Right on the mic. <laughs> so can we have mics? Can we? <laughs> wow! Look at that. Mics allowed. I, I love the setup you've got there. So uh, what 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 gear is that? You got to tell me what gear that that one is. That's the uh, that's road podcaster, mate. Road podcaster with a double pop guard. Nice, no expense spared. Nice. <laughs> You've even got the uh, the sound studio at the back as well, like yeah, good sound quality as well. Yeah, good man. Thanks for having me on your show, by the way. No worries, anytime. Um, yeah, got your details from um, from Cham, and uh, yeah, it, it's been Cham. awesome. Jackie Cham, yep, yep. Thanks for uh, setting up your time to to do this as well. We appreciate it, mate. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. All right, but I'm good. I'm good. You're good? I'm you good, good to go? I think awesome. so. Yeah, yeah. I've already started recording, so I can always do some edits and oh, stuff. Oh, what? Time. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll, just keep, I'll just keep just the first parts and then that's it, you know? <laughs> you, have you got your own podcast or anything or are you planning on starting one? Or? Nah, we're too... Uh, it's, it's on the list. You know how it's there's on the list. a list? Yep. It's on that list. Yep. So it's, it's just speaking, list, just speaking and workshops is uh, that that's what you're doing? Yeah, or just speaking, focus, yeah. workshops, coaching. Okay. A lot of, we do a lot of online stuff, but yeah, podcasts are next year. We're going to get into it. Nice. Nice. Yep. And you'll be covering yeah. maybe like marketing or business and passion yeah, and everything. Say yeah, that or? kind of thing. Yeah. Marketing, business, mindset, productivity, packaging. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice stuff. Okay, cool. All right then. Well, um, yeah, I really appreciate your time today. Um, you know, it's it's been a, a it's been a while since I um I saw you. I saw you online. I saw what you're doing, and um and you know I met you through uh, through Cham, and um, yeah, I'm really excited to to interview you. You know, there's a lot of things I want to cover. Um, I nice. heard you. Yeah, I heard you speaking on a few other podcasts, and uh, you got some really great materials. So I know that the people. Oh, thanks, who, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that the people who are going to listen to this is going to get a lot of great value. So um, it's a true honor to interview you, sir. So, okay. So, um, so for those who don't know who you are, um, obviously you started Authentic Education. 
But uh, I'm just curious about how, what was the mindset behind that? What was the mindset behind starting authentic education? What was the transition to, to that one there? Yeah, I think when it comes to getting into the, like the field of personal development and mm. wanting people to find their passion and do what they love, yep. I, I think everybody has to have, I don't know if it's a prerequisite, but I think you have to have some type of wound, you know, like I think yeah. the more I dig into it, and the more I chat with people in this industry, it seems as though everybody's had something, some, some type of experience or trauma. Because uh, a lot of our students say, hey, do I need to be traumatized to be successful? <laughs> and I kind of... <laughs> I kind of say, no, I don't think so. But uh, it seems to be that, that that's the case. And so for me, I kind of got into it because I wanted to help people do what mm. they love. Yep. I found myself uh, in my life for sure, struggling to find what, what I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was growing up, I had a few things occur in my childhood that weren't very pleasant and mm. a little bit of abuse. And that sort of led me on a bit of a path to, to find happiness and find clarity and mm. uh, and then I actually went through a whole bunch of mental illness for about five and a half years and was mm. chronically depressed and I was heavily medicated and I was getting wow. hospitalized. And wow. uh, I mean, they let me out to do this podcast, which is good. Um, but uh, but I, I went through like a, a, a real journey of, of self-healing and transformation. And mm. I uh, came out the end of that and realized that a lot of the issues that I'd been facing in my life was because I wasn't doing what I loved. Mm. And I realized that a lot of the, the mental illness that I'd been through and a lot of the, the traumas and whatnot, they're all kind of pointing me in, in a direction of telling me that I wasn't really doing what I was doing. Mm. Like I wasn't doing what I was meant to be doing. I wasn't doing what I was, I was loving. And so when I realized all of that and I got into a personal development event that changed my life, I realized that I want to go help other people do the same. And yeah. so for me, it was kind of a journey. Uh, and also my business partner, Champ Chang, he's been on quite a journey as well. And I think... I think when you get to the other side of those big voids in our lives, those big traumas, you want to give back in some way and you want to help out. Mm. And so for me, I think it was just going through an interesting time, finding there were some solutions, some yep. techniques, some processes, some ways to uh, get back into alignment, get back into doing what I was born to be doing. Mm. And uh, as a result of that, it led me to wanting to go out there and help people. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Get through suffering and ease that sort of pain mm -hmm. yeah so um you mentioned that you went through a bit of uh trauma you went through a lot of trauma back in you know when you're growing up uh mental illness but then you feel found that calling right you, you found that calling that okay you need to do something that you're passionate about what was what was that thing that triggered it was it just because you were living a life that you just didn't like and and then you just decided okay this, this is it i have to find something that i love to do what was that decision that you made at that at that point there yeah well for me the decision point i actually went to a personal development event oh, wow. i'd never been to i'd never been to a proper one before cool uh sure i'd been to like a hay house conference and i'd seen deepak chopper and i'd seen yep. wayne dyer and but i'd never been to one of these high energy rah rah events you know where okay. you just get all hyped up and i uh i went to this room and there's about two and a half thousand people in the room and they're all dancing on their chairs at the time okay and um <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd, I'd come out the back end of some depression. I'd been unemployed for about five and a half years and I'd finally got a job mm -hmm. and I was sort of piecing my life back together, but I was pretty empty. Okay. And inside this event, I just learned all this stuff about neurons and how mm. the brain works and gratitude and goal mm -hmm. setting. And it, cha it changed my life. Like it really did like a, a live event. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners out there 
have been to events or read a book or met somebody that changes mm. their life. And for me, it was, it was, it was an event. Like I just, something snapped at that event. It was a three day program. And I remember on the, the second day, the speaker did this technique and he took all of us in a whole room through this mm. closed eye process. And halfway through it, I just had this vision of this big, key like dropping into the top of my head wow and i'll never forget it it was just the most <laughs> bizarre symbology like it was just this weird thing and i was like key. what is that wow. key doing in my okay and uh and i just for me it felt like uh i don't know like something had unlocked or something something clicked mm. for me and i i remember i went back to work on the the monday and and i just didn't want <laughs> i just didn't want to work I'm, I'm, here anymore. i'm just gonna quit that's it to i'm done <laughs> I mean, I pretty much didn't want to be there anyway, but after this weekend event, I was like, that's it. I, I need to change this. Okay. And, and then funnily enough, I, I washed all of my white shirts with a fluorescent pair of yellow pants by accident. And so I couldn't okay. wear my work shirts anymore. And I figured that was a good time to quit. So I quit because I had no, <laughs> no shirts <laughs> left to wear. <laughs> well, that did, so did you just call up the boss and say, oh, sorry, but uh, I'm not going to come to work anymore because my pants, <laughs> so just my shirts and different color. <laughs> I actually, I did. I said, look, all my okay. shirts are yellow. I know you probably won't understand this, but all my shirts are yellow and I got to quit. And the guy's like, what? And I'm like, no, that's the real life. <laughs> I really got to quit. And so what job, I, what job I was it? Okay. Well, yeah, I was a recruitment no, job. I was recruitment, in recruitment. Okay. Yep. And so I worked there for another four months because I didn't just, you know, up and leave. Yeah. Gave me four months notice and slowly wound it up. But yeah, there was kind of that event followed by the fact that within a couple of days, I I dyed all my white shirts yellow, and I just kind of saw that as a sign. Like I'm like, okay. it's just a sign, you know. Yeah. You know when you when anytime you want to change something, you'll look for any sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your phone rings, that's a sign. So, <laughs> so I figured that bleaching all my shirts yellow uh, mm. was the sign. Okay. And that's it. Then I got into it. You know, I started coaching and I. Mm -hmm. Uh, got into doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one work and then I just got booked out doing that and yep. was loving it. It was very inspiring. And then uh, Cham and I worked together uh, mm -hmm. at some events and uh, we floated the idea of starting up a training company. Mm -hmm. And that was 10 years ago. And so, and that was it. Then we were into wow. it. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I can see that. Um, you know, you're really passionate in the whole personal development um, space. And, um, you know, I can just tell from, from your voice that, you know, you, you know, you speak from your heart. You know, not a lot of people can, can do that. Yeah. I can just see that a lot of people, you know, they just like to get up stage, but, and they have all this ego, but for you, you I can just tell that, you know, you speak from the heart and you're really passionate about this industry. So um, is there any books that, that really impacted your life that, that led you onto this path, just curious? Yeah, it's funny. I'm actually, uh, yeah, there's probably a lot of books, but is there yeah, one there's that's, a lot of books. Yeah. The, the problem is I don't, I don't read. Um, well, it's not really the problem, but I'm a really bad reader and I'm, okay. I'm happy to admit that I was dyslexic until I was about 27. And so okay. I only taught myself to read when I was about 27 years of age. So I listened to a lot of my books. So for mm -hmm. me, I'm a big uh, book listener. I got a, I'm an avid audible, uh, uh, .com .au listener. Nice. And so I'm a big fan of, of audible and, yep. uh, Books for me, for me, I all started with a, with a Wayne Dyer book called Real Magic long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I had the cassette tapes of all things. So this was back in the cassette tape days. Oh, uh, yep. I, had the, I remember the that. Cassette... <laughs> <laughs> you have to say it, but yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. So I had some Wayne Dyer cassette tapes and I just played them on my 
uh, Sony waterproof Walkman. Oh yeah. And I just listened to him over and over and over again. I just, I just kind of liked it. Like it was, I don't know. He was just talking this cool language and he was mm. kind of just sharing some great ideas. And so I got into Wayne Dyer before anything else. And then I started to digest a lot of Deepak Chopra stuff. But the, the book that really got me on my way was called Real Magic. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I kind of got into a bunch of different books. Uh, one of them, which was quite random. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne Dyer mentioned one of his books, this process of transformation that I became quite interested in. And I stumbled across a book by a gentleman called Victor Sanchez called The Toltec Path to Recapitulation. Wow. And so I picked that book up, had a bit of a read of it. And... Uh, yeah, I found that quite a transformational book. And then things like Ask and It's Given by Jerry Nester Hicks. That's a timeless classic in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different books. And I find that generally speaking, for me in my career, I spent a lot of time studying influence. And mm. like I kind of worked out a long time ago that if you want to help someone develop themselves personally, or if you want to help somebody grow, or you want to make an impact in someone's life, it all comes down to really just one thing. And, and you actually mentioned it right at the start of your show. And I was quite um, fascinated by that. I really liked the lead in question. That you had. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's about decisions, you know, it all comes down to, to decisions. And so I, I worked out that what you want to do is learn how to help people make decisions. Mm. And the more I looked into that, it's one thing to study coaching techniques and meditation and healing processes. But at the end of the day, you've got to learn how to influence people to make decisions. That, that's it. Like that's, mm. the, that's the end game. The end game is people make decisions and they take action. That, that's yep. the, that's, so anytime I break something down, I look for the actual most direct route to what is the result we're looking for. And so uh, people listening into this podcast, for example, a lot of them aren't where they want to be perhaps because they haven't made a decision yet and taken action on it. Mm. And the people that are listening in who are where they want to be, they can look back and reflect and realize far out as all the decisions I made and all the action mm. I took, that's what did it. So I said, that's all I want to study. I just want to study how do you get somebody to make a decision that changes their life. Mm. And so for me, if you look at the books that I've read, 85% of them are on influence, 85 to 90% of them. I study influence every single week of my life. I I spend the most amount of time Mm. learning how to sell. Like how do I sell someone the belief that they can have a better life? How do I sell someone the fact that they can have good health. How do I sell someone the understanding that they can, you know, go out there and be an entrepreneur like you Mm. go out there and have freedom, go out there and create the life they desire, you know, travel or have great relations, whatever it is. Like, how do you sell someone into believing that? Because people believe that they can't have any of that. Mm. And so I, I soon realized that all personal development is learning how to sell yourself and others new ideas that you're willing to decide and act upon. Mm-mm. So um, when it comes down to that, the, the best book I think I ever read, ever, uh, oh, ever's a big word, uh, <laughs> is, is, is probably, it's a book called Yes, uh, 50 Secrets from the Science of Persuasion. Wow. And it's uh, based off Cialdini's work. The, yeah, Influence one, right? Yeah, yeah. So yep. it's based off his book Influence, The Psychology or the Science of Persuasion. Mm. And then someone who's got all the key elements out of that book and just summarized the top 50 techniques you can use for influence. Wow. And I reckon I've listened to that book seriously over 50 times. Like, like yeah. it's, it's on high rotation. Cause a lot of people think that I'm always studying metaphysics. I, I talk a lot about spirituality and energy and all that. Oh, stuff. I love it. So, I love it too. Like I yeah. just, I love the fact that that science and spirituality have, have really like 
it's like science is catching up to spirituality and in, in this you era, can't see it but it's there right you, you know what's yeah there. You can't see it. yeah it yeah. is yeah and the overlap is just it's awesome now you know you don't have to believe stuff anymore mm. like in in this day and age you don't have to believe anything you, you mm. just because science is already saying it's there it's it's happening yeah so there's a lot about spirituality that science hasn't uh caught up to yet but the overlap at the moment is fantastic so i spent a lot of time meditating and tuning into all of that and so a lot of people i guess think that i'm always reading these mystical books but very few people understand that i 85 percent of all my literature is on selling and influence mm. and i i reckon you know i think you get a bit of a cross-section of listeners uh that come along to your show and if there's anything i advise anyone is just learn learn the art of influence as early as you can it's it's a lifetime gift that one yeah yeah um Definitely, like when I'm reading the the personal development books as well, they they all say the same thing: is that everything in life is like a sale because it's not just you're trying to sell something and make money; it's also selling your ideas. The ones who know how to close, the ones who know how to push out an idea, um, a project, whatever it is, they're the ones that move the world. Nothing happens without a sale. So, um, so that being said, I love like, that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love it. It is, man. I'm like. Brother, I think, I think, I think the listeners out there would want to maybe just rewind what you just said, right? I think they need to somehow hey, it's all, it's all you, man. It's all you. I don't, know how podcasts, I don't know how podcasts work, but if you're listening, rewind what you just said. Because that's, that's it, man. It is. The whole thing is a sale. Everything. Mm, everything. It's a sale. And, and if people would just to understand that, because I see people all the time struggling to succeed in life. And I just ask them, how much time a week do you invest into learning influence? And they say none. And I say, well, how do you ever expect to succeed at life? Mm. You can't because the world is out to influence you to be a certain way. And you have to be stronger than that influence. You have to be better than that dynamic of the nine to five, the retire and get your pension and the, all the other things that we're taught. That's yep. all influence. Mm. And if you don't know how to be better than that, you're going to be trapped by it. Yeah. Yeah. So can you give me an example of, um, of how you were able to influence uh, one of your students from one of your workshops to change their life? Can you give us an example? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, when it comes to influence, you can't really influence anybody to do anything they don't want to do. So yeah. uh, I think it all just comes down to permission, you know, permission and intention. Yeah. Uh, so if your intention is there to help people and they've given you permission, then you can definitely uh, influence them. And there's many techniques out there for sure. Yeah. But it'll always just come back to what I refer to as shadow values. I, like for me, the strongest influencing process that I have ever discovered in the history of personal development, I've studied a bucket load of techniques. <laughs> I've got every certificate you can find. And, mm. you know, like I think when you're really screwed up, like I was, you just look, you just do everything. Like you yeah. just try anything. You know? Like uh, I remember once listening to a Wayne Dyer CD and he said, um, if, if someone told me that crystals heal hemorrhoids, I'm going to be the first person to buy a crystal toilet seat. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and what he's trying to say, he's trying to say that he'll try anything, you know, like he'll literally just try anything. And so for me, I was always studying every technique I could find and they're all really good. But then I came down to realize something about how we're wired and we're pretty much wired in a way that every action that we ever take, we get a feeling from it. Right. And mm. this, I mean, this is not nothing new, but the reality is 
people need to wake up to that. People need to wake up to the fact that, I mean, you're interviewing me right now because you get a feeling from it. And, and I'm being interviewed by you because I get a feeling from it. And mm-hmm. if we weren't getting feelings from this, we wouldn't be here. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't be talking to me and I wouldn't be talking to you. 100%. So yeah. we're exchanging because I get to talk to your community and I get to be on your awesome show. So I'm grateful to be here and mm. you're enjoying your uh, podcast and you're gr- building your brand. And so we're both getting something out of this, right? Like, mm-hmm. like there is an exchange happening here, but deeper than that, there are very specific feelings that we get, like mm. almost like food. So we're getting fed a certain food right now. And, you know, it's, it's understanding what is your favorite type of food? Like what are the feelings that you really go out there and devour on a daily basis? And then finding a lifestyle that gives you more of those things. So for example, there are people out there that love attention, right? And, and so they just love having attention. That makes them feel really good getting attention. And yeah. so they can go and become actors all of a sudden. And all of a sudden they're getting this attention from the world and they feel fantastic and they're on purpose. Yeah. But then there are people that like to feel smart. You know, like I'm one of these people who likes to feel smart. And so I make sure that I do things that help me feel smart because feeling smart feels good to me. Mm. And if we trace back our mind all the way back to our childhood, you know, before the age of 10, we'll often find that there are imbalances in feelings that we weren't getting. Mm-hmm. And we then seek that for the rest of our lives. And then really to be on purpose is to find careers that give you the feelings that you weren't getting as a child mm-hmm. and then do that for the rest of your life and you'll feel fantastic. It's just, it's so ridiculously simple when you really think about it. And the more, I mean, we've had 45,000 students come through our programs and we just find that the more we work with people, the, the simpler it is. Like everybody just wants to get a concoction of feelings. Mm. You know, they, they just want to feel certain things. And as long as people are honest about those feelings, it's very easy to influence yourself to do things that you want to do. Mm. But the problem is we have this battle that says, you know, I get uh, more of a sense of being, I don't know, rebellious by sitting on the couch doing nothing than I'd ever get from going to the gym. And so there's this internal battle that says, you know, I, I want to get this feeling, but I'm getting more of it by this old habit. And so, First of all, I think for everyone, they, they just have to have an understanding of, of what are the feelings that they love? What are the things that they enjoy? Mm. And from there, it's very easy to then go and influence people. Mm. And like we have clients all the time that come through and for example, we had a, a teacher come through and they were having a chat, you know, and, and they were trying to work out what feelings they get from teaching. And they realized that they get a whole bunch of control because they get to tell the class what to do. They get a whole bunch of attention because they're in front of the class and they get this sense of superiority because they're sharing this information. And so they get these three feelings all the time. And once we understood that about that client, we could use those feelings to then transform other areas of their life. Like Mm. they wanted to get fit. So we work out, you know, how does getting fit make you feel more smart? How does getting fit give you better attention? How does getting fit give you more control? And as we were able to map the activities across the feelings, we're able to get them to start to make change. So, to sum it up, I think the, the easiest way to influence anybody is to find out what feelings they truly love and mm. show them how they can get more of them. Yep. And I, that's really the, the secret, you know. I think that's the, the, I mean, that's the summary of, of all of it, in my opinion. That's the most powerful transformations that we see in our programs is when people are honest about the feelings. But people aren't honest because they've got a whole bunch of shame and guilt, you know. Yeah. No one wants to sit 
I wouldn't jump on your podcast and say, hey, thanks so much for having me here. I'm only here because I want to feel smart. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm only here because I want the attention of my brand. You're like, yeah, we wouldn't say yeah, that, right? No, no, <laughs> because no, no, it just yeah, feels yeah. feel weird. But yeah. underneath it all, there's a, there's a truth to that. You know, there's mm. a, and so people are ashamed and they feel guilty and they don't ad- admit that they want things in life. And this is what kind of slows them down because mm. – They've been taught to, to, I don't know what, what it is, but for some reason we have shame around it. But there is a fair exchange that takes place that, that people need to understand. And so I know that when someone's teaching and they've got control, the classroom gets the benefit of being in a classroom that is under control, you know? So there's mm. always an exchange between things. And so I, I think it's, if people were honest with themselves and they understood what feelings they like, they'd definitely be able to influence themselves a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. I think um, what you said is is spot on because uh, I truly believe that if you don't feed your passion, if you don't do something that you're passionate about, then you're just going to just suffer throughout throughout your whole life. It's like food, you know. Um, you have to do something that you enjoy doing. Like that's the reason why I'm doing these podcasts because it's just you know, it, there's no you know I'm not making money or anything off it. I'm just you know just doing it because I love meeting new people like yourself and um, learning things from you as well from other people and. Um, yeah, it's just what keeps me going. So I think what you said there is... is what you know, feelings do you get? Like when you're doing a podcast, what is it underneath all of it? Like what are the feelings I, well, you get when you're the, podcasting? The, the feelings I get is, um, well, I, I, can, I can pick things up from people. Like, I really like seeing people when they reveal things and um, when they share what they've learned. And, and I really, really enjoy seeing that. And um, I like seeing transformation. You know, I like seeing, I like hearing stories about how people started from from doing, you know, from, from nothing, then they built this crazy empire or whatever they've done. You know, I love seeing that. And that's the feeling that, that I get. Um, yeah. You know, I just, yeah, just love meeting new people and just, uh, yeah, learning a lot about them as well. So it's just amazing just seeing people grow. So my, my personality type, I'm an ENFJ. So that's an extrovert intuitive feeling and a bit of judgmental person. So yeah, I think you're very intuitive nice. person as well. I think you're very intuitive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, I think, I, I think, and that's it, you know, that, that's based on everything you've said, we'd, we'd say that you're on track, you know, like you're in alignment with your values because this podcast feeds all those needs. It just, mm, mm. It, it hits it perfectly, you know, you've yeah, got, yeah. I so get no to one has people to motivate with... you. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. Just get really excited when I meet people like yourself and just uh, hearing your story and, and uh, yeah, just, just learning, just, just gaining wisdom as well. So, and just sharing it with other yeah. people. And then when they, when they hear it and when they um, go ahead and apply it in their lives, they come back and they say, Oh, well, you know, I heard that podcast with you and Ben. That was amazing. I did this, blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's great to see that, you know? So yeah, mm. it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah I love that. Mm. I think when, when we're, whenever we're working with people, we always like to work out how to get them on track. Like we've got a saying in our company that you got to get on track and then have a crack. And, and mm. most people are, having a crack and they're totally off track and, and they're wondering why life is so hard. They, they're doing all the right things, but they're doing mm. them on the wrong track, you know? And, and so the values track that, that we talk about in our company, it's sort of an acronym that mm. identifies what people love to talk about, what they research, what skills they act upon, what they contemplate and what they know. Mm. And so it's talk, research, act, contemplate, and know. And, and we just look down at, those five areas and in a very short period of time you already know where people are allocating all of their mental space within a matter of seconds you can know 
whether someone's on track or not. And, and, mm. and then you'll know whether they're going to be fulfilled, enjoying their life. But also, you'll also realize that they're going to be better at manifesting. They're going to be better at, at being resilient. They're going to be mm. better at being relentless. You know, mm -hmm. they, they can't live up to your podcast name if they're, <laughs> if they're not on track. You know, that, that's the yeah. thing that they've got to be able to get on track. And you'd be amazed how many people are off track. You know, you meet these people and you say, what do you love to talk about? They go, oh, I love talking about spirituality. What do you research? Oh, I love researching healing. What are you always practicing? What are you upskilling? What are you acting for? Oh, I'm always meditating and mm. doing my Reiki sessions. And what do you contemplate? Oh, law of attraction. What do you know a lot about? Oh, everything to do with healing. What do you mm. do for a living? I'm an accountant. What? <laughs> why? <laughs> like, why are you an accountant? What are you doing? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. How can you have all this happening inside your brain? And externally, you're going to an accounting job. What is going on? Like, it's mm -hmm. crazy how out of alignment people are. It's, it's full on. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's a lot um, I want to ask you about that one. But I think what, the first thing that pops up is, um, I remember what you said in, uh, in earlier podcasts is that you said, date your passion. I really love that, that phrase, date your passion. So could you explain a bit more about that one? I think you just touched on a bit about that one as well just then. Yeah, I think to find what your purpose is very mm. quick. Everyone's mucking around thinking it takes a lifetime. It's five yeah. questions and you're pretty much in the ballpark and then you refine it. Okay. So let's just say hypothetically that I've gone through my five questions. I've looked at what I love talking about. I mean, because let's face it, when we're having a conversation, you're going to try and guide it in a certain direction. And there are mm. conversations that bore people and conversations that make them feel alive. And if we were to sum up purpose, it's anything that makes you feel alive. You know, when you're getting ready for a podcast, nine times out of 10, you're going to feel energized. Like you're like, I'm on and the energy's there and you feel great. And yep. I love talking about this stuff. So, mm. you know, before this, I was sitting here sort of, oh yeah, had a long day, lots of work. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you turn the thing on, I'm like, I'm on. I'm like, yeah, it's game time. Time to feel smart. Yay. <laughs> but it's, but it's, it, people know the stuff that makes them feel alive. But the thing is, you got to look at your, your purpose and your passion, like you're dating, you know, a lot of people mm -hmm. think that they wake up and that's it. You get married done. That's, yep. the, that's it. You, your first date, you're married, but they also believe that there's no point going on a first date unless they've already committed to marrying it. Right. Mm -hmm. So people think, uh, I probably shouldn't date being a landscape gardener unless I'm fully committed to being a landscape gardener. Because they get sold this rubbish about unstoppable determination and all this crap. Mm. It's, it's the fact is you you can't know if you love landscape gardening until you do a couple gardens. Like, but so many people are sitting at home preventing themselves from going on a first date with their passion because they believe that unless they're ready to marry, they shouldn't be dating, mm. which is so counterintuitive. So I always say to people, I say, look, go on a date. What does a date look like? It means go and get a book. Go and get a book on whatever you, you, you're interested in. Read it. Just test it out, yeah. What's the, mm. And the next day, go to a seminar. Like, learn a little bit. The next day, you know, go and visit some people who do that. Then the next day, you know, maybe go do some work on the weekends. Then maybe go part-time and then, you know, leave the toothbrush over at their house and some clothing. And then eventually, you'll, eventually you'll quit your job. But mm. start dating. Because if you don't start dating, you're never going to fall in love. Yep. You can't fall in love until you've fully begun the dating process. It's kind of how it works. Mm -hmm. We ask people all over Australia and throughout the world, you know, raise your hand if you've ever experienced love at first sight, like authentic love at first sight, and you are now married to that person. 
And out of a room of 500 people, we'd be lucky if one person ever puts their hand up, right? So it just yeah. it doesn't exist. Everybody else in that room dated before they fell in love. That's the reality. Yeah. And that's the same with your purpose. You still there? Hello? Oh, yeah. Uh, you there? Connection is unstable. Yeah, man. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, it's You're right. No, just yep, 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 just for a bit. Yep, sorry about that. Okay, I think we're no, good. That's all good, man. Yep, okay. All right, then. Um, okay, so you got shadow values, date, passion. Okay. Uh, I think you briefly uh, mentioned before about the, the person who was in accounting, but this person has got so many ideas. This person wants to go out there, change the world, wants to you know write books and everything. What would your advice be to that person who wants to branch out from accounting to you know, doing the thing that she loves to do, you know, what would be that, that advice that you'll give to that person? Because, you know, this person's probably got a house paying bills and stuff, but when you're starting out, it's hard to get income. So what would your advice be to that person? Yeah, I think income is the biggest problem, right? Mm. Uh, if people had a significant cash cushion, then chances are a lot more people would make that step. What I generally recommend to people do is, is work out what your risk tolerance is. Everyone's got a different risk threshold. And uh, people just need to un understand, look, look back at your life and realize, how do you cope with risk? If you cut all the ties and burn all the bridges, do you function your best? Mm. Or do you have a nervous breakdown and fall apart? And, and you, your life will tell you that. So I have a very high risk tolerance. My business partner has a very, very low risk tolerance. Mm. So we have very different processes. So Cham, he went slowly, uh, part-time, reduce salary slowly step 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 and then went in um i just quit my job and went for it so okay. completely different approaches right yeah and i mean when i did i was one hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars in debt so i was in massive debt wow. i had no income whatsoever mm. and i quit uh, a job in recruitment that had earnings of about 180k a year but mm. i was still in massive debt and i went to doing energy healing sessions for 35 bucks an hour Wow. And I was only doing about two or so a week. So uh, two times a week, I was doing two sessions. So I was making about 140 bucks a week maximum. So That's I've left a nearly 200 grand salary. I'm 137,000 yeah. bucks in debt and I'm making 140 bucks a week. And I'm going backwards financially like a freak. And uh, three months in, I, I went bankrupt, broke as. I didn't go oh. bankrupt officially, but I was broke. And I went back and got a part-time job in recruitment. And oh my goodness, I have not revealed this publicly, but I'm going to say it because I feel like it. Thank you I very got much. Fired from that job. I got fired from the part time job because <laughs> they came to visit me and I was out doing a Reiki session. Oh. <laughs> so I was, I, was, I was working in this recruitment job. I wish I was in managing... camera. Yeah. Yeah, no, wish... <laughs> wish you got that in camera, like, you know, when, when it was happening. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Just see your boss. Come <laughs> We're doing reggae session. <laughs> so I was trying everything and I like I was doing what I was meant to do in that recruitment job, but I was also trying to get my business started up and they didn't want someone kind of half in, half out, which is fair enough. So I didn't get fired for any other reason. It just wasn't my level of commitment wasn't there. Okay. But I, I, I really did try everything, but I kind of just understand that I'm gonna make it. I I got this belief that I I'm gonna win eventually. Mm. And Jim Rohn always hammered this idea of an until mindset. And I think people need to be relentless. You, you got to just, you just got to not quit. Mm. You know, <laughs> if mm. people want to know the secret to winning, 
you just don't quit. That's the whole idea. So uh, financially, I was, I was smashed. I was going backwards. No one was lending me any money. I was, I was pretty much done. My parents cut me off. My brother cut me off. Everyone who I could ever get money from cut me off completely. Whoa. And so I was, I was broke. That was it. I was done. And then at that point, I realized I have to, I have to do, I have to make it work. And I just started to do everything I could to get um, clients, everything I could to get healing clients and energy um, clients. And so that was my way of doing it. Now, if Cham did that, for example, with his risk uh, tolerance, he wouldn't function. He would go back to a job and uh, back to a full-time job and, and stay like, because that's, yeah. he has different thermostats right? yeah. and neither is good or bad, right? Everyone's mm. got their own thermostat. And some people say, I wish I could take more risks. And then other people say, I wish I could take less risks. And, there's pros and cons to everything, but everyone needs to listen to it. So that lady who wants to quit a job, she needs to know what her risk tolerance is. Can she go completely uh, cut all ties and go for it? Or does she need to stay stair step it? And stair step it means, you know, go to work every day feeling like you're already doing the thing you love. So if you want to be an inspirational speaker, go to work, do your accounting, but every day feel the feelings of being an inspirational speaker. Mm, love and then do some, do some work on the weekends, do some work in the evenings and you'll start to get your cells more vibrationally aligned to the food of being an inspirational speaker and then go part-time. But the, the most important mistake that people make is they think they're going to replace their income like straight away. Don't try to replace your income. It is the absolute rookie mistake. Replace your minimum living expenses. Don't replace your income. Mm, Cause replacing that. your income sets the bar way too high. Yeah. And the fact is when you transition, you're going to go backward. That's the reality. But people are programmed to believe that every time I change jobs, I'm going to get a pay rise. So every time I get an interview, I'm trying to get that extra five grand or something. Mm. But you're not changing jobs. You're changing careers, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't get a promotion first career change. You go backwards. That's, yeah. the, that's, that's it. And I'm not trying to you know, set up a negative mindset in people, but I'm just trying to tell you the reality. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody yet transition career and go to a higher salary like that day, it, it just, it doesn't happen. There's doesn't a gap. Happen. Mm. There's a gap. You've, you've got you've to learn the ropes. You're going from a black belt in your, whatever your career, accounting to a white belt in mm. inspirational speaking. And so there is a learning curve. And there, I mean, there's an accelerated way of doing it. I was pretty fortunate to be able to go to 120K in my very first year. So I transitioned mm. wow. and um, went to 120K in my coaching business first year round. And I was just pretty lucky by following a lot of the steps, but I struggled for nine months. I mean, I was broke taking part-time jobs. Jeez, I, I didn't even. Part-time jobs. Okay. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> I went back and I dish pigged in a kitchen. I've never told anybody this. Oh my goodness. All right. Everyone listen to this podcast. There we go. Anywhere. Um, I totally did. Reel. <laughs> I totally wow. forgot. I would totally dish pigged in a kitchen in an Italian restaurant. Seriously. For like it. 10 bucks or 12 bucks. I don't know what it was. Um, that's, and that's, I pretended like I was there just to help out, but, but I was there. To, <laughs> yeah. I was for a friend, you know, um, so just trying to pitch in. <laughs> exactly. I was trying to just play it cool, but I was literally washing dishes in this kitchen. Um, and that was something I swore I would never do again in my life. So it's really important. And then about the tenth, ninth or 10th month, I, I got a, a massive corporate client that paid me 120 grand for a three month gig. And so it was the most amount of money I'd ever earned in my life, but I, I it was 10 months of hell. And so it's really important that people start to understand that there is going to be a trough. Like 
it's just it. And so if the person can understand how they deal with that and their risk tolerances, and then they're learning smart business and they're learning packaging and they're learning sales and they're learning branding and they're understanding marketing and they're getting runs on the board and they, and they, they can see themselves create value and sell it in a marketplace and actually uh, see that happen. You know, the second they see they can really manage their own financial destiny by making sales in a marketplace. Once that, they understand that they can create value and exchange it at that point, then invest more time in it, but mm. just learn how to get that value exchange to happen. So mm. that's what I generally recommend is first of all, understand your risk tolerance, manage your expectations and work out your minimum living expenses and, and just stop pretending to have this Instagram highlight real life where you're trying <laughs> to photograph yourself in all the fancy resorts and all this other crap people are doing all that's right. Yeah. All those people are broke. Yeah. All those people. Oh, sorry. I take that back. I mean, Grant Cardone is not. But <laughs> the, the, the I think he's the real people, deal there. Yeah, he's got the shirt. Up it. <laughs> for, the, for the majority of people who aren't Grant Cardone, right? Uh, they need to realize that these people are highlighting a, a life that where they're losing. Hmm. And so, it, it's just about managing the process of becoming independently wealthy and understanding how it works. So, that, so that's what I recommend. Start, starting there and have a number, you know, know what your minimum living expenses are. Yep. A, lot, a lot of people don't realize that they can live off 30 or 40 grand because yeah. they did at some point in their life. They did. They did. Yeah. They did yeah. live off that. And so it's understanding that concept. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to measure your, your risk tolerance? Is there a special technique that you use to, to measure it or you yeah, just, uh, it's a bit subjective, isn't there, there it? There actually or, is. Like, is it? Okay. You can actually go and get a meeting with a financial planner mm -hmm. and financial planners have a risk tolerance questionnaire. Oh, okay. So you can actually, you can probably even do them online, right? So you don't actually okay. have to get financial planning or financial advice, but one of the very first steps a financial planner ever takes their clients through is risk tolerances. And so I knew this before that, but it wasn't until I met a financial planner that I realized that they have a questionnaire for it. Mm. But I'm pretty sure if people Googled around, they'll find one online. Yeah. It yeah. just asks you, it, it, it really just asks you, if you had no money and you had to live three months, how would you feel about it? And just questions like that. So it yep. kind of lets you understand what you can handle. Mm. But I think reflecting on your life, people know if they're conservative, people know if they're risk types. And I think that's something that reflectively you'll, you'll sort of be able to work out, but for sure there'll be some stuff online. Mm -mm -mm. I remember um, I was watching a video by uh, Casey Nestat. He's uh, this really famous, um, uh, YouTuber, he's got, he's got millions of subscribers, and um, you know he's out there making all these crazy videos. And he said on these videos, he said that when he went up there, he was up there, he was um, accepting an award from Natalie Portman, and not a lot of people knew this, but when he accepted that award, the same night he went back home and he lived in a in his parents' basement or something because he was just broke. But along the way, you know, he, he just had to do whatever it takes to you know to get to each of those steps, and not a lot of people can see that, but you know, just remind me of your, your story about working in a, a as a dishwasher, you know, so not a lot of people see that, but um, I guess, you know, that's the, that's the stepping stones towards getting what you want, you know? Yeah. I think one of the things that also helped me out quite a lot, and this is something that I recommend all the listeners out there do try to scale you, like take your brain all the way back to the very first job you ever had mm. and write down the hourly rate you were paid. Right. So for me, it was seven, $7.40. So 
Well, the actual, the very first job I ever got was $5, but I'm not including that because that was with my brother. But the official job that I got when I was working for somebody else was $7.40. And that was for scrubbing the dirtiest dishes in the filthiest kitchen. Mm. And, and I remember how hard that was. Mm. And so if I was to get paid 10 bucks to do what I love, that's a gift. So I, I never lose perspective of the very first hourly rate I ever got and the crap I had to do to earn that money. Mm. So when I get to sit here and talk to you or when I get to have a conversation with someone who wants to change their life or I, I do that for free, I would do it all for free. The money is a bonus. Mm. Like to, to be able to do what you love, that, that's the reward. That's that is the it, reward. You know? So anytime that I ever get stuck or think about money or I find someone that's trapped in it, I just always think back to seven dollars forty. You know, that's that's the number. I'm like, it's seven bucks forty. If I'm if I'm earning more than seven bucks forty an hour, I am happy. I am doing well. I've mm. I've succeeded. And so I just keep things in perspective. I just stay grateful from that from there. And it's weird nowadays that you know I've created wealth and I've built companies and got real. Like now that I've become whatever the you know the self-made millionaire thingy, I don't think my life's any different. You know, like. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> often really, Jim Rohn would often talk about this and I never really got it until I ended up uh, building a quite a large amount of wealth. And I, I realized that, that you don't really change. It just makes you, Jim Rohn would always say that money just makes you more of who you are. Mm, true. And he'd say like, if you're an absolute prick, you're just going to be a bigger prick. Mm. But if, if, if you're just an, a normal person, you know, having a, a pretty basic life, you're just going to become more of a normal person having a, a pretty basic life. And mm. you now I look at Chan, my business partner and I, and I realized that nothing's really that different. Like maybe we might drive a slightly nicer European car and maybe a slightly bigger apartment, but there's, there's not really anything that's that different, you know? So mm. people often think that this whole world is going to open up and everything's going to change. But at the end of the day, it's what's happening internally is more important. That's, mm. you know, are you, that, that's way more important all the money in the world i meet a lot of people a lot of wealthy people that are just unhappy yeah yeah so it's are you doing what you love that's the most important thing mm -hmm. how about um i'm curious about your your mindset on how you take on those frustrating times because you know a lot of people who are going after their dreams they're going to have all these issues right they're going to come across all these challenges they're going to be you know washing dishes I've, I've done the same thing as well i remember just mopping the floor wiping tables and stuff pulling rubbish bins i did that a long time ago um, but yeah, like how, how do you cope with those frustrating times? You know, but when you're, you know, when you're down in the dumps, like what's your, is there a thinking process that you go through or what, like, do you, you know, do are you grateful every day? Do you write down your goals or something? You know, some people have their own little techniques. Yeah. So I used to use a lot of techniques. So mm. I think when anyone wants to sort of model an outcome, You've mm -hmm. got to model people where they started, not where they are now. And a lot of people make that mistake. A lot of people see people where they are now and go, oh, just copy what they're doing now. Okay. But copying what they're doing now doesn't get you to where they are. It, it's not the reality. Mm -hmm. And so for me, uh, a lot of the transformation that I went through, a lot of it came back to consistent early morning meditation. Mm. So getting up at 4.30 in the morning, meditating for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, every single morning, just relentlessly meditating. So, so that was a, a big thing. Uh, every night before I go to sleep to this day, 
for at least 12 years now, every single night, right before I go to sleep, I imagine exactly what the one thing that makes everything else possible. See, everyone has a one thing. And I call it the final five. So the, the last five minutes before I go to sleep, I imagine just one thing. And the one thing I imagine is speaking to rooms full of people. Because wow. I've worked out that that is the one thing that makes everything else in my life work. Because if I'm speaking to rooms full of people, then I have to be healthy. I've got to have uh, good energy levels. Mm. I've got to be educated. I've got to study. I've got to have good family life. I've got to have good connections. I have to have a certain level of wealth to be able to travel to the destinations to, to give the talks. So everyone, there's a, there's a mindset coach out there. Uh, his name's Jim Fallon and, and he is a coach that coaches peak performing athletes. And he says one of the most important things a human being needs to work out is to de define the essence of their craft. Like, like work out the one thing that makes everything in your life work. Right. And for a lot of people, it's actually going to be their career if they get it right. Because the career is one of these things that if you go into business for yourself, you can actually have a, an incredible level of control over that area of your life. Mm. And because you do it so often, so many hours a day, you know, a lot of people who are out there doing what they love, they're doing 10, 8, 10, 12, 14 hour days. Yeah. You're, you're spending a lot of time on that. And if you can find that there is something in there that gives you that feeling that you want, and that's, that's the one thing, then my advice is imagine that every night of your life and do it right before you go to sleep. Because what that does, it sets you off to sleep, not only feeling grateful, but gearing up the mind to generate more neural networks to support more of whatever you imagine right before you go to sleep. Mm. So Wayne Dyer got me onto this and, and I've just done it every single day. So every night before I go to sleep, I imagine rooms full of people and that I'm speaking to them. And I've found, and sure, I imagine my family and my kids. and I, I do all of that sort of stuff. But the core thing I imagine is that because I've learned over the years that if I just get that right, everything else in my life works. Mm. I just got to get that absolutely right. Mm. And so a lot of people are trying to get a balanced life and they're trying to get every sector to work. And I have not met a single peak performer that has every <laughs> area of their life working. It, it's an absolute farce. And whoever tells you that it's not is, is <laughs> lying through the teeth. And I have met thousands of people. I've not met one person that has every area of their life working. It's what I have found though, is people that have got one area of their life is mm. impossible. Mm. I found people that get one area of their life and they make it exquisite. And then that permeates every other area of their life. Mm. And that's the key from what I've discovered that, that really is it. So I meditate in the morning. Uh, well, I used to, I don't do that so much anymore. Yep. I do the final five at nighttime. And then it's just really knowing yourself, you know, understanding your patterns, knowing when you need a break, knowing when it's time to just sit on the couch and eat an entire pack of Tim Tams watching seven <laughs> movies in a row. Like just know when, when that day is meant to happen and mm. don't resist that day. You know, everyone's trying to be on and, brilliant and perfect because we keep getting this highlight reel on social media yeah. we're confused you know and the fact is i know when i need to crash out i know when i need to not get out of bed i know when i need to just sit and watch a movie i know when i need to binge out on chocolate i just i know all that yeah and so just knowing your patterns and knowing your rhythms because the biggest issue is that people just burn themselves out yep because they, they're not willing to listen to you know, what their body's trying to tell them. So I think 
when you have those issues in business or life and it gets you down, you got to know when to rest. You got to know when to have a one hour bath. You've got to know when to go for a walk in the forest mm. and you've got to do that. You've, you've got to learn what I could, you know, it's, it's referred to as personal medicine and shamanic practice where you know your own medicine. And mm. I studied shamanic practice for about three and a half years. And uh, as I was going through it, a lot of it was learning. What is your medicine? You know, is it, going to a cafe with a woman's day magazine and reading it cover to cover. Mm. Is that it? Like, is that your medicine? If that's your medicine, then take it, you know, is your medicine, you know, binging on the Simpsons episode. Well, if it is, take it. Is your medicine going for a long drive? Everyone has their own unique medicine, mm. but people are unwilling to administer it because they just don't give themselves the opportunity to say, Hey, I've got to, you know, there's, there's peaks and troughs in life. I've got, to, I've got to ride energy waves. We've got these circadian rhythms throughout the day, but we've also got circadian rhythms that go through our whole life. You know, we all have highs, mediums, and lows. Mm. So knowing how to ride that's really important. And then really being able to find benefits in anything that goes wrong. You know, so as soon as something goes wrong, try and see the upside. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the benefit? Like, you know, you, you get a flat tire. Well, what's the benefit? Well, you get to practice changing a tire. Okay, cool. So I found a benefit and it, it starts to help out. So I found those meditation, visualizing, knowing your cycles. Nice. And then being able to just see the benefits as soon as you can, as early as possible. Nice. How about like a morning routine? Do you have like a specific morning routine that you practice every morning? Well, uh, I mean, I guess there's two sections to my life. There's before kids and then okay. there's after kids. Okay. <laughs> so, you got kids now, yeah? Before kids. Obviously, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, before kids, I had rituals for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was kind of get up, meditate, do some like dream analysis. I was a big fan of dream analysis. Used to do that every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, go through my to-do list, get clear on what my steps were for the day, then close my eyes and imagine that day unfolding. You know, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a great saying out there that says, don't start the day until you finished it. And then I'd set my intention. I'd just write down my intention on a card and then I'd just stay pretty true to a, a fairly dynamic style to-do list that uh, we created in our company that I, that I use for yeah, most, of, most of my mornings. I mean, still to this day, I have the, the to-do list section, but the mornings are a little bit more disjointed because mm. one of my daughters gets up and then wants to read books and then, oh, we want to play games or do some Play-Doh or whatever it is. But as a general rule of thumb across the board, mm-hmm. just... I don't turn your mobile on for the first two hours of waking up. But that's like, if you want to have a better life, just don't turn your mobile on for at least two hours. That, that's, Love that's, it. <laughs> because you can just that's what I recommend to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You just be on reactive you, you mode. Just, yeah. You got mm-hmm. no control of what you're going to see or what you're going to read. Mm. And so that stuff goes so deep into your brain. I mean, a minimum 30 minutes for sure. Just, just because you can't control what you're about to see and that's going to jeopardize the whole day's intent. Yeah, yeah. I remember I used to, um, like, as soon as I wake up, I just roll over, turn on the phone, then I'm on social media. And then found that yeah. I just feel like depressed because I'm just seeing all these stuff just in my face. I'm like, oh no. And then, yeah, then I just stopped doing that completely. And now I'm just like, no, I'm just going to leave it there and just yeah, go off, do my thing, write my goals down and, you know, do some meditation and stuff. And you just feel so much better, isn't it? You're just more proactive totally. and stuff in life. So, yeah. You know, I think it's, it's kind of, I mean, for the listeners out there, no doubt you've had a break from social media. And one of the first things you'll notice after you've had about a two to three day break is you actually feel happier. You yeah. actually feel happier. It, it's, it's really so true. Weird. Yeah, like yeah. Instantly you feel happier. So 
if you feel happier from taking a break, then maybe take a break every day just for the first two hours of the day. Mm. And that would definitely be a recommendation. And I, I typically, I avoid the news. I, I really oh, yeah. don't watch the news. Yeah. I don't, I don't look at it for any reason. I don't read newspapers and, and you know, some people think that's weird, but uh, I, I don't know. I, it's it just works weird. For me as well. I think yeah, it's weird yeah. watching the news, you know, like it's just mm. all bad news. I mean, the news is one of those weird shows that says good evening and then proceeds to tell you why it's not. And, and it's just this bizarre, <laughs> it's just this yeah. really bizarre thing, you know, like anyway, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I got another question is, uh, do you believe in new year's resolutions? By the way, this one's a specific question. Yeah. New year's resolutions. Not really. <laughs> I think anything you can use to your advantage, use it. You know, there's a concept called utilization and utilization says no matter what happens, use it to your advantage. And this yep. is where the, the most successful people are the ones that are flexible. You know, okay. Bruce Lee would always say, be like water. And, and that's the reality. So if you can use anything to your advantage. So a lot of people use the energy of a new year to get them across the line to start something. Mm. But the problem is they don't follow through because they don't bother to do the work of linking up their shadow values. They don't bother to do the work of linking things together. And so New Year's resolutions, you're going to find 99% of the people within the first two weeks have already broken it. So yep. New Year's resolutions make people feel like failures very quickly. Yep. What I'm a bigger fan of is, is habits. I'm a much bigger fan of habits. I'm a, I'm a fan of just creating habits in your Love life. Mm. And so rather than setting these massive New Year's resolutions, just baby step stuff. You know, habits are actualized neural networks that are insulated with a substance called myelin. And, and if, people, if people listening out there study myelin, you'll learn that that's the key to everything you want in life. Myelin, you okay. know how to create myelin and you know how to insulate your neural networks. Mm. Skill is nothing other than uh, neural networks that have been myelinated, insulated, so you can travel down them more effectively. And so if people really want to know the secret of success, it's to build neural networks and insulate those neural networks inside your brain. Get those neurons, mm. those thinking cells, link them together and then insulate them over and over again with mm. a high amount of traffic down those networks. And then slowly you'll get what you want. So, the secret is to find habits that produce goals. Like if you want to be a, you know, if you want to be an international best-selling author, then you should have a habit of writing one page a day. Mm. And if you do that, you'll eventually have a book. But people say, I'm going to have a book, but, but without developing the habit, they're never going to get there. So mm. I'm much bigger fan of wherever you are, whatever day it is, just start the habit of what you want. That, that's going to be a lot better for you. So do I set a whole bunch of New Year's resolutions? Not really, but I do set up a goals a sheet, a one pager mm -hmm. um, that I get clear on what I want out of the year and I get clear on what my intention is. But I'm not saying, all right, this year I'm doing blah, and this year I'm doing, it's none of that. I just slowly build habits because Warren Buffett said the best. He said, the chains of habit, the chains of habit are so light that you can't feel them until they're so heavy you can't break them. And so it's Beautiful. really important that people stair step things. Like mm. if you want to get out of bed at five in the morning and you can't get out of bed at seven in the morning, don't set your alarm for five in the morning, set your alarm for six fifty-seven, and get up three minutes earlier mm. and do that every day for a week. And then get up at six fifty-five, then six forty-five, then six thirty-five, and do that every day for a week or a month until it's a habit. Mm. And then by the time you get to 5am, you'll do that for the rest of your life, not for two weeks 
for the rest of your life because you've got the neural network that supports the behavior. Mm. And people keep trying to escape neuroscience. They keep trying to think they can shortcut it or something. Mm. But you, you, you've got to work with how your biology functions. And there's ways of speeding it up for sure, but you can't just ignore it altogether. Mm-hmm. And so New Year's resolutions is, is a lot of people pretending that their actions, their motor functions aren't driven by neurons and neuropeptides and myelin. And they're just, they're trying to ignore that. So mm. I think there's a magic to it, but you wouldn't know in this podcast, you know, this, that everyone you've interviewed, they all put in the effort. They mm. all develop the skill. No yeah. one shortcut anything. It's all those, <laughs> no exactly, one did yeah. it. You know? mm-hmm. It's effort. Life rewards effort and action. And, so, yeah, I'm not a big fan of them, but I understand there is a benefit to get people across the line with the start of a new year if they currently are really struggling with an idea. But my advice is always baby step it. You know, don't take this giant action. Uh, I just say little steps and just build on them. And eventually they become big steps and then they become so strong that you simply cannot break them. Like I, I started taking cold showers a long time ago, mm, but I... I didn't just jump straight into a cold shower. You know, I started with five seconds, then 10 mm. seconds, then 15 seconds, then 30, and then a minute, then two minutes and three. And then it, all of a sudden now, I, so I don't, I've had not ever missed a day. Even when I visit Canberra where the water comes out <laughs> at zero <laughs> degrees virtually, um, I, I just don't miss a day anymore because it's, it's habitualized now. So mm. habits rule the world. You know, they, they, they win the game. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually um studying a new habit where um I actually just gave up coffee. So nice. last yeah, last week I made a decision that's it, I'm not gonna drink any more coffee. So it's been about four days so far. And uh oh, yeah, nice. yeah, I'm going through all the withdrawal symptoms and uh yeah, I was just praying that I'll I'll get through this podcast and be able to, you know, do it well. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee's so, a really interesting one. It's so yeah, interesting. Yeah, just watching all these people. Everyone's got opinions yeah. and it's, <laughs> it, it's it, tricky yeah yeah it really does hijack your brain it's um it makes you more alert and it, you know, energizes you but it can really crash you as well so uh, i think tony robbins he doesn't have coffee there's a lot of like big celebrities who just don't drink coffee i'm really fascinated by that so yeah i really want to try that out and just see you know what would life be like without coffee so now i just don't drink coffee and that's going to be my habit and i'll see how far i can take it nice yeah yeah, yeah. Well, then, I mean, I heard a great saying a long time ago that coffee borrows energy from the future. And as long mm. as you're willing to go into debt for the coffee, then it's okay. So, but you've got to realize that you're creating a debt. Yeah. Because the way that it blocks those receptor sites mm. to give you that sense of alertness, uh, they have to re-correct themselves at some point. So, mm. yeah, every time you drink a coffee, you definitely go into deficit. For sure you do. Mm um nice i'd love to yeah. hear how you go with that yeah but I think, you know, when you switch off coffee and definitely when people switch off sugar far out the whole world changes mm-hmm. definitely all right um okay so another question is uh well this is more one of my favorite questions but let's say that there's a time machine in front of you and you you know go yep. inside a time machine you press a button and you to go back maybe about 10 15 maybe even 20 years you know what would you say to your younger self Uh, well, uh, the first response, right, that, that I always get is, um, 
I just say three words to my younger self. I would just say, live your love. And I wouldn't get back in the time machine until my younger self understood that when you do what you love, you're still going to have bills. When you do what you love, you're still going to get sad. When you do what you love, you're going to be depressed every now and then. When you do what you love, you're going to have anxious moments. When you do what you love, you're going to be scared. But when you do what you hate, you're going to be all those things as well. So you may as well experience all of those things while doing what you love instead of doing what you hate. You know what I mean? Like, love that. You're going to have bills. You're going to be in debt. You're going to have your heart broken. You're going to have illness. You're going to have all this. You're just going to have it, right? Maybe. I don't know. But at some point, you're going to have things happen in life. You may as well be doing what you love while they happen. Mm. It just makes it easy to deal with it. Um, so live your love is what I would tell a younger version of myself. Yeah, because I think that's, that's the most important part. Because I, this is what I love about talking to you is that, that you, you're, you really make sure that your listeners get the reality that your whole world doesn't become magical because you're on purpose. If anything, it becomes harder. <laughs> like, it's more challenging, you know, like yeah. the challenge is so worth it. Like it's, I work harder than I've ever worked in my life, but I don't work because I love what I'm doing. So I don't even call it work. Mm. But if someone was watching me, I mean, I'm, we're sitting on a podcast, <laughs> at, you know, we were doing this, you know, it's nearly 11 o'clock at night. We're still talking about our passions and stuff. So it's I didn't know if I was allowed to tell the time. But <laughs> 11 o'clock at night. Right. And, and here we are. Yeah. You go talk to your mates. They'll be like, what? No, nah, mate, I was in bed, mate. What do you, what do you mean? I wouldn't be up at 11 doing an interview. What do you think? So, but I, yeah, I mean, you understand that life is not easier when mm. you do what you love. It's more rewarding, but you definitely put in more effort. That's for sure. Mm. I think people need to learn that. You know, I think people need to understand that the currency of success is effort and skill acquisition. And if, if they're not willing to do that, then I know this is not very motivational, but people need to slap themselves and wake up because they, they believe that stuff just comes to them. Like they just get stuff. It, it just doesn't work. And I, I, I'm not trying to crush anyone's dream listening in because I'm a massive fan of the law of attraction. Mm. But what I have found is the law of attraction works significantly better for people that have skills in the area of what they're trying to attract. And, mm. and that's just the reality. So Use them both. I use the law of attraction all the time and I'm always upskilling. I'm always studying. I'm always practicing. I'm always putting the effort. So do them both and you'll get it. But sitting at home on a milk crate, imagining you're driving a Ferrari, thinking that you're going to wake up and there's a Ferrari in your garage. Seriously, that, that is just, that's insanity. Man. Mm -hmm. it's, it's bizarre. It's crazy stuff. That's why it's the word. Be the balance. Yeah. Yin and the yang. Mm -hmm. That's why the word attraction has got the word action in it. So um yeah you gotta take yeah, I action love that. <laughs> i love it i love it i love it uh, yeah i remember wayne Dyer used to always say never forget attraction ends in action wayne Dyer said just, that awesome uh, yeah yeah, yeah. it's just i remember he said it and when you said it, i was like yes yeah, one of my favorite uh, comments i think i think you delivered it better though <laughs> I just came out there. So, oh, wow. Okay. So, um, how can people get in contact with you, mate? 
is there websites or social media? Oh yeah, yeah. Do? Our website's pretty simple. It's just the okay. word authentic.com.au. They can't. Okay. Authentic.com.au. But what we do is we put something special together for your listeners. So yeah. uh, authentic.com.au forward slash relentless. Cool. Uh, what we have is some gifts and some tickets, to, uh, some free tickets to some events. And awesome. A whole bunch of stuff there. So for, for tuning in and listening, if they go to authentic.com.au forward slash relentless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the list is when you go to our website, authentic.com.au forward slash relentless, we've got a whole bunch of free stuff there. Also, I recommend just click around our site because on most of the pages, there's a whole bunch of free CDs and educational resources. Mm-hmm. So I actually recommend don't go to our store and buy stuff in the store. First of yeah. all, spend about that stuff on the store mm. can be found for free inside our web pages. So wow. click around and just download as much as you can because we give away pretty much everything on our site so you'll find stuff on marketing sales presenting meditation uh biology productivity it's, it's all in there so there's heaps of free stuff but if they go to awesome. forward slash relentless mm-hmm. they'll be able to get some stuff awesome really appreciate that no worries well um ben i really appreciate your time um and you know you're sharing some yeah amazing wisdom with us today um yeah I, I could really sense your passion and and you know you love what you're doing and um i know that you know you're going to be out there you're going to be influencing you know millions of people around the world and um yeah I, I hope to you know see you soon in person and uh yeah i wish you all the best uh, for your future endeavors and i know that you know you'll always be out there uh standing in front of stages in front of thousands of people around the world and um you know sharing your message to live you know, live your passion and live their dreams. So um, appreciate your time and yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show, man. It's been an absolute blast. I really appreciate it. Thank no you. worries. All good.